Is the radio okay? Did you actually turn it up? Who are you? Mr. Robot Season 4, Episode 11, 411 Exit is over, but we are just getting started here with some reactions to the penultimate installment of Sam Esmail's Mr. Robot. Uh, and normally I know who I'm podcasting with, but just for the sake of posterity, I have to ask... Who are you? <laughs> I'm me. I don't have my wallet, uh, so I can't really verify that for sure. But it's me. It's Antonio. Oh my Mazzaro, gosh! I think. I think <laughs> you're using hair gel. Uh, it's a different yeah. look. <laughs> I'm a big fan of OK Go. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> what is happening uh, right now? This is all anyone ever wanted. Yeah, what? this is what you get when you spend an episode <laughs> at an airport. What is happening? Oh, my God. Okay, well, we can tell you what is happening here is that you are listening to our initial reactions to 411 Exit. Obviously, we are going to get into major spoiler territory as soon as the next sentence, probably. So tune off now if you have not. Uh, turn down the radio uh, if you have yeah, not yet watched uh, this most recent episode of Mr. Robot. This will be the first of a couple of Mr. Robot podcasts we will do in the run-up to the series finale. We will do this one, which is just Antonio and I and whatever parallel versions of ourselves also exist. Uh, and then we will do a feedback show later in the week to get to your feedback, your theories. Once we've had more time to process everything, we will chew on this more. And I'm sure just like uh, diarrhea of the mouth uh, with so much more to say about what just happened. Because, um, man, Mr. Robot has has clearly been building towards something like this for a very long time. And, and here we actually are. Uh, exciting times in the world today, Antonio. And exciting times on Post Show Recaps. Make sure to send that feedback back in plenty of ways to do it you can use our feedback form postshowrecaps.com slash feedback we've got our email address mrrobot at postshowrecaps.com you can also tweet at us i'm at rand howard antonio's at ac mazzaro how many z's how many r's make your own kind of music josh uh it's two z's one r and at postshowrecaps is our twitter account as well so get all that in i think antonio and i are looking to record tuesday night so you got some time uh to get your feedback in uh antonio the the project it's happened <laughs> it's it's happened. The red light is on. Uh, we're in another world, and Elliot's wearing white sneakers and sweater and and collared shirt combos that I try to wear when I'm trying to look super fancy, and it never looks right, uh, and so it looks strange on Elliot as well. Uh, and he's about to get married to Angela Moss, who is still alive, and so is her mom, and so is Elliot's dad, and he seems like a decent guy, and I don't want to step too far down that line because that line is terrifying. 
Uh, and there's no such thing as an E Corp. It's an F Corp. And uh, there is still such a thing as an all safe, but apparently no Gideon Godard, as Irving might pronounce it. He is gone. Elliot's the man in charge. And a very schlubby Tyrell Wellick is apparently in charge of F Corp. And what is <laughs> happening? And White Rose has erased herself in true Dark Army fashion. Like the, the massive things have happened, which makes sense because it's the penultimate episode. Uh, but this, as I said, this is what people have wanted. So here we are, oh. uh, and this is the thing where oh. all the way back to season two, and we start talking about like if they do a sci-fi twist on this show, are we going to like it? Uh, it seems like we might be in that territory here. I, I would posit there are possible alternate explanations for what's happening. Good. I, I mean, we got to sure. talk that through. We got to be able to, yeah. we have to be able to entertain some of the possibilities here. But you know me, Antonio, at least you know a version of me. Uh, and there's been a version of me on this podcast that has said, uh, F you to the land of Ecadelia. Uh, the, in, <laughs> the intense fury that I felt towards this show near the end of season two when we got into the land of Ecadelia with Antonio. Angela Moss, when White Rose shows her uh, her project and whatever she shows her is enough to convince Angela to fully get on board with the Dark Army vision. Uh, and uh, that was just not my favorite thing. And so you can imagine how triggered I felt when we got deep into the bowels of the Washington Township power plant in this episode. And Elliot is face to face with like an old school computer. There's a book on the table. There's a poster on the wall. QWERTY is swimming in the wall. Uh, and I'm just waiting for tiny Elliot to come out uh, and thank God that doesn't happen and instead what we get is one of the single best acted scenes of all of Mr. Robot uh, this moment between Rami Malek and, and B.D. Wong as Elliot and White Rose sitting across from each other and like sharing their their respective philosophies towards humanity and White Rose once again insisting that she's a philanthropist she's a she's uh, society is is the is the problem people are good uh, people can be uh, people deserve better than the world that they've been uh, forced to live in here. She continues to say that no one's going to die. Everybody's going to live the life they deserved. Elliot's going to finally say like, yes, I, I obviously have a lot of hate in my heart, but there are rare exceptions to the rule of people are bad. Uh, there are some people out there that just refuse to let you hate them and refuse to hate you and love you so fiercely, no matter how much you resist it. And he delivers what you had, uh, you had hyped up at the start of the season, Antonio. You were looking for that fu and we get it as elliot throws that at white rose uh and unfortunately it's too late she already enacted the plan 35 minutes ago the the oh no the project is on uh she deletes herself in true dark army fashion which i gotta say was spectacularly satisfying to watch uh to see white rose do what she has made all of her other people do all along the way uh that she was not above such measures herself elliot sits down has to play a video game to get his way out of this pickle <laughs> oh my god uh but it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, what's the game itself is called exit you're like you're going through a tunnel towards a pirate ship and if you go off on the pirate ship maybe that's what white rose wants you to do so instead elliot plays the game again and stays behind with his friend and reads the letter and the letter says don't leave me so he stays behind with his friend and he thinks that maybe that is the 
key to success, but no, the things are still going, Antonio. The red light is going to consume them all, but not until uh, Elliot and Mr. Robot declare their love for one one another, and Elliot's going to say it's an exciting time, and then the red light consumes us all, and then for 16 minutes, we're in another world. We're in a totally different (laughs) place. We go down the hatch. We go all the way down the hatch into this alternate world with the the, the really uh, nicely decorated version of Elliot's Chinatown apartment uh, with all the soaps, some migraines, which is a little troubling, but an F-Corp instead of an E-Corp. And what the hell is going on? And this is the stuff that should be driving me insane with fury right now, Antonio. But this is why I now believe in parallel worlds, because the person you're talking to right now kind of loves what we just saw. I am just like over the moon giddy with how ridiculous all of that was. What are we looking at? That final moment of this episode with new Elliot face to face with our Elliot and then like the Matt Quayle score, which has been hysterical for these past 16 minutes, does go into sort of like that epic Marty, we got to go back. And and here we are. We're now on the edge of the final two hours of Mr. Robot and Sam Esmail has said all along that like the ending is pretty fixed. So we're now at like that very fixed ending that is very consistent with what the feature film version of Mr. Robot is. And this is what it is. I'm I'm tickled beyond belief. Uh, this is ridiculous. And this show has been such a ridiculous. It's been a killer ride, as you have said, Antonio, all along the way that here we are at a place where like I have very little trust <laughs> in in this concept. Uh, but or, or maybe it's that I have a lot of trust in the concept and trust in the maker, but I somehow can't believe that it's happening. Uh, to paraphrase Angela, uh, it's just a ridiculous we, thing yeah. that's happening here. We had suspected that we might see something like this before the end of this season. We had talked about maybe a Christmas Carol or uh, something to the "It's a Wonderful Life" effect, considering we're dealing with the Christmas motif of this season. And yet, I don't think even in our wildest dreams, we could have expected what we got. Uh, we, we do go down the hatch. We do get a record. We do get a record scratch. We get alternate life. Uh, you said you're, it made you feel so giddy. It's, uh, it, there's no giddy end. It is Elliot at Allsafe as CEO. It is White Rose as a philanthropist, as she has expressed. It is no Darlene. Uh, it is Angela's dad, hopefully Philip Price, drinking, uh, breaking glasses, Elliot and Angela getting married. It is this life, uh, their apartments, but done differently. Edward Alderson's so phone weird. background is that iconic photo of himself yes. and, and Elliot, but I don't believe that that's Magda in the picture. Yeah, I don't exactly. The, the screen was cracked, and I was too distracted by the fact that it's five nine on this day yeah. uh, of all days. It's May ninth, five nine. It's May ninth. If, yes. if you miss that, it's on that it, when when Elliot's phone uh, is going off when he wakes up. It's eleven sixteen, a time that we're tracking, and it says May ninth. So this is the day of the hack in quote unquote our world, uh, the the Mister Robot Prime world, at least. And it's also the door code uh, for the door before as exit is being played, 0509. So these dates are perhaps not on accident. And the 1116 is there, not just on Elliot's computer, which, by the way, he's not at work at 1116 for some reason. Uh, it is right after the earthquake that he gets on the computer and Skypes with Angela later in the office in this flash sideways. We hear uh, the news reports say the earthquake happened at 730 a.m., 
in Washington Township, uh, and yet it was right after that earthquake that they got on Skype, and it was 1116. Uh, after it's 1116 on his desktop, and he tries to call Edward and eventually does succeed in connecting with Edward, and Edward later finds his phone, it is still 1116 on Edward's phone. Uh, it is 1116 on all the clocks here. So this sideways universe, as we saw with Elliot uh, and his headaches, and as we saw in the F Corp ad, bleeding into E Corp very briefly, uh, it is not uh, obviously a completely perfect parallel universe. There is a bleed through. There are these connections and time is not uh, as we think. So it leads me to wonder how much of it is actually, let's say, if in a world where parallel in a world where parallel universes are real, uh, in a world where that is happening, uh, would that be the case with all the time or would time just normally pass by? Like these are the things that are a little bit confounding and that make me wonder if this is what White Rose showed Angela. How is it possible that White Rose shot herself in the head, showed Angela this, and then came back? Is this all staged, is what I'm starting to wonder. Like, is this some kind of hallucinogen instead of anything beyond, like, just a a full nuclear meltdown that has happened here? Like, is there something to that effect? I'm reminded, of course, throughout the sequence of The Sopranos, uh, not a, a huge spoiler, but for those people who have seen Sopranos, of all the Kevin Finnerty stuff. Uh, and the Kevin Finnerty stuff is a world within an actual world. And in that world, uh, it, it is a character who is experiencing something, not really realizing what they're going through. And we as viewers are putting together, okay, this isn't really real. It's not like he's in a parallel universe. He's just hallucinating, or this is a deep dream. And so I'm wondering, uh, Josh, what's your mileage on that? Are you reading that that's at least a possibility? Let me just point out that White Rose and Elliot in their great monologue that you talked about, when they're discussing all this and Elliot delivers his final FU, and it's a great punctuation mark. It just so happens that right then, White Rose's watch beeps. And when the watch beeps, that's when the meltdowny noises and the alarms start going off. Is that just a massive coincidence there? Uh, or is it possible that this whole thing was organized by White Rose in order to put the the mind bend on Elliot and that this is some sort of hallucinogen and not ultimately uh, what we think of of an actual hacked parallel universe. It's definitely possible. I mean, we've got two hours still to explore uh, the possibilities of something like that going down. Um, Another thing that I've been thinking about is that this isn't staged so much as what we are experiencing now at the end of this episode is like, the you know the final synapses of of Elliot's brain before he is consumed by nuclear fire uh that right. you know this is such an internal show that if there can be um if if Elliot can find some deep internal peace before he is nuclearly obliterated uh that maybe there is a happy ending somewhere to be mined from that especially because in his external in his outward world uh the way that he uh he leaves uh let's just call it the prime world um you know the main Mr Robot universe the way that he leaves that before whatever happens next happens um he's defiant to white rose he's championing the people who love him he's even able to say the words i love you to mr robot uh, mr robot says them back to elliot so two halves at least of elliot or two of the maybe three sides of elliot uh are really at this level of peace with each other right now um elliot it, earlier in the episode draws darlene in for the bigger hug uh and thanks her so much for everything that she's helped him through um so the elliot that we're we're seeing in the moments before this parallel universe to me and i'd, I'd love to get your mileage on this like that it feels like a, a huge arc of improvement even like in the the speech that he says to white rose 
he's he's talking about how like it gets messy and we there are setbacks and we screw each other up and it feels like if he had that additional time um you know if there was a way for him to like make things up to olivia like it feels like he's even like reflecting on like how awful he just was to this person in order to get to the point that they are at now not that that forgives it necessarily um but just that he's like thinking about that stuff uh, i felt like the elliot that we saw in the moments before this transition were were moments of such extreme growth that if there is some additional layer of internal um, stabilization, whether this third, you know, whether this person that we're seeing of Elliot in this other world is the third, if, if there's something like that to explore, that all of this could be happening in his head right before he's about to be consumed by hot power plant fire, uh, that I feel like we can end this series with an amount of closure. Um, so that that's the other thing that I'm mostly tracking. I'm not really tracking so much that Elliot himself is is straight up hallucinating other than maybe is there uh, you know we've talked about is this a simulation is this a computer simulation is there some sort of matrixy thing happening is there any like uh, comp- is there any visual trickery like from Elliot's right. like perp walk <laughs> from uh, the, the the upper <laughs> levels of the Washington Township power plant down into the into the bowels of the place uh, with hamburger man who finally spoke. That was nice. Uh, I got to wonder how many hamburgers that guy has eaten over the course of uh, making Mr. Robot, by the way. Uh, he was also hammering some red wheelbarrow barbecue at a time. So I he's l- eaten a lot of Big sandwiches sandwich guy. Sure. Huge sandwich guy. Yeah. Um, Does that mean he likes hot dogs? I mean, no, no, it's hard to say. We, that's a debate. We'll get into that on the feedback show. You're talking about the synapses firing or maybe the last final synapses firing and the Kevin Finnerty exactly. of all. Makes me wonder, uh, is there another world where, considering what we know, and why I feel like ultimately the resolution of this world has to invoke Darlene at some point, because we still have the other mystery to deal with. And you talking about Elliot coming to grips with himself and two parts of himself uh, saying I love you to each other and the, the significance of that as he descends into this world. That's all very true. However, uh, if you live in a world where we still have that major piece to drop, the other one, the other thing, and then subsequent to that, we have the other scene after it was introduced with Mr. Robot coming into the room and Magda worrying about losing him and him being asleep. And then you take in the possibility of Kevin Finnerty and a dying brain. Is it possible that some point along the way, whether it's when he was hit by a car or otherwise in this season of Mr. Robot, uh, Elliot went into a coma of some sort, uh, and what's going to pull him out is his actual sister, uh, much like it has happens with Kevin Finnerty. Uh, and in being pulled out by his actual sister, Prime Elliot will wake up. He will have realized everything that's inside him, all the possibilities, all these worlds, uh, and put all that to bed. And that's how we end the series. Is there a world yeah. where we where we lens back? And this isn't just Elliot final synapses of a power plant. It's Elliot possible final synapses having encountered something somewhere along the way in the show and us diverging at that yeah, point. And not I, I think so in so far as that moment could be the moment we see in this episode. I think like to to dial it back any further anything that happened if there's like something where Elliot has been comatose and it's earlier than the motel uh, where where Elliot and Darlene say goodbye. Um, I'm going to be very frustrated with that because we just spent an entire episode with Darlene. 
uh, and Dom on on their own almost entirely without Elliot. We got some Elliot, but not a lot. Um, I have to buy all of that as real. I can't buy that as Elliot's experience unless there's going to be like some really elegantly crafted way of merging the Elliot and Darlene experiences closer um, than than we have given the show credit for. You and I seem to be both on the same side of like there's no there's no world where Elliot and Darlene are the same person, but. You know, who knows? Um, one thing that I was thinking, um, is I'm, just to follow that line down a little bit further before I move on is I, I think like if it, if it could be, uh, Elliot is pulled out of this room, you know, by somebody and then he's hooked up to, you know, a hospital, you know, situation and then. Yeah. In room 11. Right. Exactly. And he wakes up and, and Darlene is there or something like that. I think, I think we could see that. I think that like the moment that he slips into some kind of coma could be happening in the meltdown aspect of everything. But I think anything earlier than that's going to feel like a cheat for me just because of so much of the stuff that we've seen, um, you know, post him getting hit by a car, all of that. I think it, it would just be really, really hard for me to, uh, to, to imagine. Um, the fact that Darlene doesn't exist in this world, that Angela does, that White Rose does, that Edward Alderson does, and that Edward Alderson seems to be like his most idealized, idyllic version of himself, um, makes me wonder... Is this is this a simulation? Is this some kind of like matrix type situation where uh, you can be like uploaded into uh, this parallel universe and this is like your new reality? Um, and would that account for why Darlene's not there because she has not been uploaded into it for whatever reason? Angela has because she had her experience with White Rose. White Rose certainly is because White Rose is the founder of the project. You can imagine that uh, Angela's mother is because she worked on the project, and same with. Edward, that Edward is there because he worked on the project as well. Um, Philip Price, uh, if he is like the angry drunk guy that is in the project, can you imagine the world where he is there uh, being furious uh, because he knows that the project is bullshit and like some sort of like simulated Philip Price is going to tell <laughs> Elliot that this is all bullshit? Um, is there is there something like that that, that I could hope potentially so. happen? Yeah, I hope we see Philip Price wiling out like. Uh, Elliot said, your dad sure loves to drink. I'm just picturing Michael Christopher just hammered like we saw him uh, almost most recently on the show, just sipping the wine and having himself a good old time. We never got drunk together uh, and really just playing it up like that. I'm, I'm really hopeful that kind of like I, the I opposite we, of like Joey Pants in the Matrix, right? Like we, him chewing on the steak and saying <laughs> ignorance is bliss. Like you can imagine yeah. Philip Price like getting like super, super wasted in this world. Like, None of this is real. This is all fake. Well, you know, it makes you wonder, like, I, I'd love, I'd love to see that. Elliot could not reach Angela's mother on the cell phone. He also couldn't reach uh, Edward on cell phone. So I'm not sure why cell phones aren't working in this parallel world. There are a lot of weird little facts like that. He doesn't have his wallet. I don't know why. Uh, what happened to his wallet? Uh, the wallet is a significant, uh, plot point in the Kevin Finnerty stuff, uh, where the guy thinks he's one guy and he pulls his wallet out and says Kevin Finnerty on it. And that's not him. Uh, so there are these little notes throughout that are make you wonder, like, what is happening in this world? Why don't cell phones work? Who is the customer that Mr. Robot thinks he has? And when he goes out, there's no one there, but his cell phone is just sitting on the floor. Uh, what is this surprise? Is it really just an, an, a first edition novel? That's it. That's the big surprise. I think Angela knows because in this flash sideways world, whatever this is, this parallel world, uh, Elliot says to Mr. Robot, he says, if Angela were to find out, it would ruin everything. 
Now, how is her finding out that he got her a wedding gift really going to ruin everything? Right. Like, there has to be something more to whatever secret that he's keeping from her. Uh, I don't know that it's really just related to that gift. There's something else going on there. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, you can see the, the, from the migraines, from watching the F Corp ad with the E Corp logo bleeding in, and a lot of other weird stuff happening throughout that Elliot isn't necessarily perfect. Uh, but the, and that, that something is amiss with this universe. Not, not to mention, like I said, all of the time and the clocks in the universe not entirely making sense. So is it a, if it's a simulation, uh, I don't know. Is Elliot himself the malware that is encoded into this simulation? Um, when he shows up in his hoodie, uh, in the, the nice, in like the clean Elliot's apartment, like is he the malware in this, in this code? If it is right. code, right. Uh, all of that is definitely on, like it is possible. There are a lot of these weird question marks and certainly Philip Price is one of them. I'm wondering, Josh, when Elliot was playing Exit and, this was certainly like it was almost like shout out to Kurt Clark in escape room, uh, where Elliot was stuck there and the alarms were going off and White Rose had deleted herself and all of this was happening and he puts the disc in and he rolls the barrel aside and he immediately goes into the tunnel and his friend hands him the note and instead of waiting there with his friend who is too weak to go on, he emerges from the tunnel and doesn't even try to read the note, gets on the pirate ship and that's that. Uh, and when he gets on the ship, it says, congratulations, you're on your way to a new world. It seems like by playing the game that way the first time, Elliot essentially guaranteed that this was going to happen because it is the second time where he chooses to stay with his friend. He chooses to read the note. He chooses to do all of these things uh, in uh, by lighting a match against the darkness instead of descending into it. Uh, that That's when the shutdown occurs. So is there a lesson in that, that... The similar to the lesson that Darlene and DDP were pondering last episode about staying or leaving and whether or not staying or leaving was the appropriate action for their 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 character. And in Darlene's case, it was not to run. And in, and in Dom's case, of course, it was to run. Uh, in Elliot's case, it is not to run away from your friend and it is not to immediately to descend into darkness at the first go and to forge your way on alone. It is to stay there with your friend and to live it out. I'm wondering what you think the significance of that is. Yeah, I think that the the decision to stay, for me, reads as the right one for Elliot's health to some degree. Actually, maybe not. I don't know. Him choosing to stay behind with his friend, if you read his friend as being Mr. Robot, right? And somebody who he loves and somebody who has helped him through so much is the only way forward into a new world, into a better world for Elliot to leave that friend behind. Uh, and to, to, you know, so long and thanks for all the fish, you know, and, and just right. like keep, Not keep going. Yeah, right. <laughs> keep QWERTY behind as well. Uh, I wonder if that what actually if is What if we're QWERTY. the friend? What yeah. if we're the friend? Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that's the ultimate message of like, I got to go. And uh, I'm sorry, you guys can't come with me. Uh, yeah. If, if I'm going to make my way to a new world like, yeah. and get on a ship and go somewhere else, I, I can't do it. With you, if I'm going to stay here with you, that means the machine goes off and the machine stops, the meltdown stops. But because he made those decisions in the wrong order, it was too late, apparently. Right. Now, it may have been too late. The die may have already been cast uh, prior to that. But part of the reason why I wonder if it's not a simulation or some sort of uh, just like a put on is because if this is what she showed Angela, uh, did Angela choose the right thing then on this? It was was Angela given the same exit scenario? And was she I'm not sure Angela would have even I mean, she was confronted in the land of Icadelia with where is the key? The key is in your hand like she was confronted with this mentality that 
if you're going to address these problems, you have to think outside the box. You have to think sort of in a linear fashion, but think in a fashion where the game itself is not going to present do you stay or do you go to you? You have the game is going to say what do you do? Right. And you have to fill in those blanks. And so maybe the whole is the where is the key was to get her brain into that kind of mode so that she could she could then play this game. But if this is what Angela was shown and the plant melted down in Elliot's case, it did it, it not melted down in Angela's case, Well, right? she like, played a different game. You right. know, he's and playing he's playing Exit, she's playing The Land of Ecadelia. They're different games and we we get the sense that from from what White Rose tells Elliot, let's just for for the sake of uh, keeping some semblance of sanity, uh, let's let's take her at face value. Uh, and she says like that that the tests were were not uh, were not as as uh, conclusive as they wanted it to be here in Washington Township, which is why they wanted to bring it to the Congo. Um, so this is the first time that they're really going full code red, right in in this universe. So I I think whatever went on with White Rose and Angela. She she did not have like quite the same stakes facing her of like, do I turn the machine on or do I turn it off? Uh, I think it must have just been those like light limited tests, um, maybe something that shows her a glimpse of this world rather than uh, actually going in. But who knows? I don't know, man. My head hurts. Ugh. <laughs> oh, no. Are, are uh, you real? Josh, you're parallel, Josh. This is bad. I need, it. I need to pop some some Advil. Yeah. Uh, I, what I don't think is I don't think in this show because you. OK, so what we have by the end of the episode is we have Elliot ending up with the sideways Elliot, if you will. Uh, CEO Elliot, CE Elliot. We have that happening. Uh, see Thomas Howell. We have that happening in the end of this episode where the two have met. Uh, now, clearly, if Angela were faced with that and that had happened, one of the Angelas ended up back in our world. I don't think there's any suggestion, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't think there's any suggestion that the Angela that is in our world was somehow ripped out of this parallel universe and that there was at some point a swap. No, uh, I, no. I, I, and, or let's say, that, let's say that the Angela in our world went to a different version of this. And she wasn't, she didn't go to this version of the universe. She went to a different parallel universe. I don't think there's any indication that the Angela that comes back to us uh, is an Angela from another world. Uh, she's not saying anything like, this is not my world, or she doesn't give any indication that, that, that it's her. What she gives some Also, the, of, the Angela that we end up with in her final moments is an Angela who believes that this world can be taken hoax. away from White Rose. Yes. Yeah. That it was a put on, that she was a con artist. We can take it away from her. She was conned. We can take it away from her. So it feels almost more like an amusement park kind of uh, setup than it does an actual working machine that takes you to a parallel world because it feels like Angela's ultimate answer was not that she had come from a parallel world or not that uh, it was real, but that she was put on and that it needs to be taken away from her, that it is some sort of simulation or it is some sort of put on. And that all this was was part of that. Uh, that seems like the more likely answer. What we know, of course, is is limited. We know the noises start as soon as the watch beeps. We know that White Rose deletes herself, or it certainly seems that that is the case. Uh, and then we know that Mr. Robot peeks outside the door and says it's too late. And we have a lot of intense noise uh, and <laughs> what seems like a lot of stuff light going on in the background. I, I, I don't know why I'm laughing so hard, but when I when I when I watched that, when when Mr. Robot opened the door, like, all right, did it work? And then there's just like fire barking. Outside. Right. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> right. this is no good. This is no good. But if it's some really like high level sim- simulation at that point, like if it is an installation 
if you will. Like if this is at Comic Con uh, and this is the Mister Robot, like uh, what do they call those things? Installations, like yeah, yeah. Uh, like the ex- yeah, the experience, experiential, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like is if if this is something like that's a very high level version of that, so that White Rose can brainwash people and get them to go to the level where they will delete themselves and get that level of fervent loyalty out of them and make them insane on at their core. It would take some really high level thing like this, and so that that's the question is. Is this if that's this in some way, um, then I don't think we will. I mean, I don't think there's any way to know. But all I can say is clearly if you if you peel back the layers, as you were just saying, Angela could not have been had the exact same experience uh, because clearly Washington Township didn't explode uh, and, and Angela didn't die and go into a parallel world where the last synapses of her brain fired some parallel world kind of thing. Like this did not happen for Angela because we know that Washington Township didn't melt down and get destroyed in that way. So her experience was different, even though White Rose says, I'm going to show you what I showed Angela. So if that's the case, if Angela's experience was not the same, uh, but this is what she showed Angela, then maybe what we're experiencing is not what we think it is. Or by that definition of I'm going to show you what I showed Angela could just mean I'm going to show you that there's the possibility that you can go into like your own little slice of of universe, right? Like you can right. go into your own little place and maybe everybody's different universe everybody's universe is different i mean when we when we think back to like some of the contemplations that we've had about this concept within the language of the show you go back to the beginning of season three and it's the first time we we go inside of washington township's reactor and we see the big particle collider uh and there's the guy who's leading the tour before minister Zhang. right referenced in the previously on right i love a great mist this is the this is the quote i love a great mystery and i'm fascinated by the greatest unsolved mystery do we see reality as it is if I close my eyes, I can imagine that everything we experience, think, and do is unfolding simultaneously in a parallel universe. And if so, how many copies of ourselves exist? And might our mental states be conjoined for better or for worse? Uh, I think that, that that part, how many copies of ourselves exist, uh, is really compelling to me as far as if this is some kind of simulation and this big machine is able to... like um, to build out, you know, infinite universes or at least billions of universes for the billions of people on the planet. Um, and so everybody has like their own experience and that's where they are. Um, something like that. And then is there a way to like fold all of those realities into each other? Another quote that I think is worth uh is worth is worth reciting here uh sam esmail who is uh who is opting not to do uh much in the way of press anymore and and opting instead to let the show speak for itself uh this is not a quote that is recent uh but this is a quote that he gave to me quite a while ago uh at the at the start of season three in fact when i interviewed him for the hollywood reporter uh and i and i asked him about everything that we're seeing with the particle collider and everything uh this is what esmail said uh i can neither confirm nor deny but but because i don't want to say anything that's too spoilery but i will say that we try to be as rooted and grounded with the real world as possible even though we're in an alternate timeline we still see a lot of parallels given the effed up nature of the world that parallel story is into our real world we think it's important to keep the credibility to the world that we know. I'll leave it at that, but I'll say this. In the real world, we do have a lot of people with wealth and power who have some lofty designs on the nature of reality and how technology can manipulate that reality. It's in that realm that I think we keep 
the show in. Um, so is there is there wiggle room not to trigger uh, anybody who misses the wiggle room uh, within within that quote, Antonio? Uh, in the real world, we do have a lot of people with wealth and power who have some lofty designs on the nature of reality and how technology can manipulate that reality. It's in that realm that I think we keep the show in. Is there is there is there flexibility within that quote for you uh, as it maps onto what we have just seen and what we are presumably going to see with the final two hours of Mr. Robot? Yeah, I mean, manipulate reality is is you could read that in the way that all the ways we've discussed so far. You could talk about how using technology to manipulate reality in the experiential world uh, where your uh, explosions and fires outside the door are part of an installation or a display uh, meant to affect someone's mind, uh, where maybe there is something being piped into the room that you're breathing in that makes you hallucinate. Uh, You could expect that people with technology that might want to try to to work you like in that way uh, would manipulate reality in that way, would try to make you see something different and use that to their advantage. Uh, That is ultimately all White Rose ever wanted from Elliot was his belief, as she articulates in this episode. Uh, And his belief uh, can be uh, attained through that, through manipulation, uh, which we know is one of White Rose's key um, just that the the number one weapons that she's that she's got at her disposal manipulation is among them. So this is something that she has definitely done throughout. It's something that we've seen happen to Elliot in this season with Vera and Krista, how he can be manipulated into ultimately uh, accepting or finding out things about himself or seeing the world differently. He doesn't even need the manipulation to present himself with a different world in prison, for example, or with the sitcom episode. There are these things where he doesn't even need to be manipulated into doing it. He can just do it. So it's an interesting question as to whether this has been what White Rose has been working on as part of her machine to get people to buy in, to get people to believe it, to get people to be as fervent as her uh, or not. Um, or is there something more sci-fi about it that's along the Matrix levels? Uh, where you take something like Bond villainy out of it uh, and you turn it into something that is more science fiction uh, and less present in the realm of reality, but at least still possible. And I still think that quote cuts on the possibility of that, using technology to manipulate reality. Um, we could get to a point where we're we're maybe just like, just a little bit slightly different from our world, but at least possible. And I think having a huge particle collider and everything that's present there, or a very large one, as we talked about last episode, could get us into that realm where it's technology that we know is available in our world, where that is theoretically possible in our world. Right. Because she's got so much money, she could possibly obtain that and use it in some way to manipulate reality. I just... I know for a fact that I, I mean, I'm confident that what we're dealing with isn't a perfect parallel universe because like I said, all the questions about time and all the ways in which our world is bleeding into this universe, uh, how it doesn't make sense that Elliot wakes up, uh, from, you know, and it's it, uh, an earthquake that on the news says it is at 7.30 a.m. and it's 11.16 on his computer and he talks to Angela for a few minutes and his dad sends him an email and we see it's 11.16 and then a few minutes after that, uh, he hangs up in the Skype and calls his father. Uh, and when he calls his dad uh, and can't get him, uh, then he talks to his dad for a few minutes and his dad goes out to the other room, and picks up his phone, and it's still 1116. Something is not right in this world. It is not a perfect parallel universe. 
Does that mean it's a simulation with glitches in it? Does that mean that there's something more, uh, le- less uh, technology based and that is somewhere more in Elliot's brain, I think is the more likely reason or th- thing that we're seeing. And I think we're going to come out of that, uh, certainly before the end of this. I don't think it'll be like, all the way up to the end of the finale, and then he'll he'll pull out. Now it it could be if you're dealing with like a coma site type scenario, you could see where that happens, where he snaps to it with like 15 minutes left in the episode, and we're realizing uh, what we were dealing with all along, and we're, we come to grips with the consequences of that. I don't I don't know, but I I really feel like that quote could cut any number of ways, and it still is defensible. Now. Another quote that he gave, that Sam Esmail gave you before this season uh, on your series regular podcast is he talked about over at the Hollywood Reporter. He talked about uh, how White Rose was trying to create a utopia with this machine, that ultimately White Rose's goal was to create a perfect world, a utopia. Uh, and I'm wondering where you think that now that we've seen this simulation or whatever it is with Elliot, how that cuts with uh, with what Sam Esmail had articulated to you as White Rose's utopian goals for this machine. It so far seems like everything is really nice and fluffy in this world, right? And that, uh, that White Rose isn't even White Rose anymore. White Rose is just Jang and White Rose is a foundation. Uh, and she is super philanthropic. And we're seeing this, this TV montage, this news report of all of the amazing things that she is doing. Uh, Elliot seems very, very happy. Ollie is still a douche. So of course it's a utopia. Uh, <laughs> we all still have somebody who we can collectively hate on. Uh, Stella, watch out <laughs> and office ladies, office ladies, feel free to listen in because, uh, you, you you want to protect yourselves from Ali as well. Um, I I think that it, it lines up with that idea, especially if if this is something that uh, that Elliot is now inside of the project. Uh, if there's something like that, then um, then I think that that fits. But I think even just the ambition that White Rose is laying out in the conversation with Elliot before the meltdown um, would speak to that as well. So if like what we're seeing isn't actually something science fiction-y, and if what we're seeing is something that's just internal inside of Elliot right now, um, I think it would still fit with the idea that what White Rose was attempting in her mind was utopian. Um, and just whether or not it was actually achievable is, is something that is uh, going to remain up for debate. I do wonder when we get to the... When we're talking a week from now, um, are we talking about all of this stuff with conclusive answers or is it still going to be relatively ambiguous and left up to interpretation as to what it is we just saw? Did we just see Elliot fight his way through uh, either successfully or unsuccessfully through White Rose's project? Do we just see Elliot inside his own brain? Um, is the is the top going to fall or is it going to keep spinning? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think that these questions, whether or not they're going to have um, hard resolution. That's a big question that I'm going to have in this week in between uh, this penultimate installment and 412, 413 is where, where are we in terms of having solid answers? And where am I, uh, as uh, is what I'm asking myself, nobody else has to answer this question. This is for me. Uh, but where, where am I with my satisfaction on something like that? If we were to leave Mr. Robot with this final stretch uh, being somewhat ambiguous, is, that gonna, is there going to be a way for that to be really fun and satisfying? Right now, just gauging 
the like the the huge smile that was on my face watching like you know it just it felt like such a different show it felt very it, it felt very sitcommy um in in the in a different way from that sitcom sequence but it still felt very um comfort food uh type type of television it felt like something that you see on like freeform at uh at 8 p.m. you know on a on a yeah, wednesday night you know, it, it it just it was it was like it, it, so much of that helped along by uh, by Matt Quayle's score and how soft it feels, uh, how the how, lighting, uh, the lighting, yeah, it just it felt very it it felt very safe and. I, I could not stop smiling and laughing at everything because it was just so strange. So that reaction to me tells me a lot about how I'm going to feel about the end of Mr. Robot if it can execute on this level. Uh, that for me, and I'm and I'm so glad that this is how I I typically uh, or or maybe how I'm evolving in terms of how I'm reading stories and reading TV. It's so much more about feeling than it is about fact. Uh, and the feeling of this episode was spectacular. I loved the feeling of this episode. If the finale can match it uh, and do something different with it, ideally, uh, but if it can match it and just like make you feel at the level that this episode made me feel, uh, I feel like I'm going to be very happy with the way that this whole thing ends. Yeah, and it, this is a product of a lot of things. It's certainly a product of the fact that we wrapped the the big narrative arc with the Deus group and with the 1% of the 1%. The thing that Elliot has been dealing with since the beginning of the series, we wrapped it. We put a wrap on it. We 30 did even last episode when it was the money was redistributed. But the, the main wrap on that was, of course, the episode before when it was all put to bed. So as we've talked about here, once you do that, you really leave yourself the opportunity to put yourself in a different world. You don't have the expectation of having to wrap that plot up. What we always wanted to know uh, since then was what's up with White Rose's project and what's up with this other one thing? Uh, and I think we're in a position where we are learning more. We learned a lot more, obviously, about the project. White Rose directly told us parallel worlds, all of these things are what the project was about. And restoring all of these, uh, the people that have died, they didn't die, they won't have died. They're out there. We can tap into that. We can get into a good place. And so that's, that's we've we've really crossed the Rubicon in terms of that. And as far as the other one goes, there's no way we wrap this up without getting to the point. And clearly what we need to be able to do is, is mesh the two, right? right is deal right. with whatever's going on in the world uh, with Elliot and Elliot, the two Elliots of it all, and mesh that with the other one. And I think obviously, since the show, we, without really considering the, the larger conflicts at play, a man versus the world or Elliot versus uh, the 1% of the 1%, this is a man versus self story. Uh, it is definitely a story about Elliot dealing with himself, whether that's as Mr. Robot uh, or whether that's on his own when he's in the, his quietest moments, lonely, uh, afraid, scared. Uh, his great monologue this episode about how he feels about people when he's unable to, when he tries to push them away. I was thinking, of course, he's definitely talking about Darlene, uh, that that was articulated in this very episode with their parting, which a, a beautiful, uh, different, slightly different version of that scene uh, with Elliot saying, I've been through so much and uh, thanking her basically for putting up with him and seeing that version of the scene, a little bit of an extended or different version of that goodbye. Um, this this conflict of Elliot at, versus himself has been the central conflict of the show in a different way. And that is still to be resolved, obviously. And certainly seeing a different version of himself, a successful CEO version of himself, 
who is articulating in a meeting, certainly there may be some sales polish to this, but that he is, his worst thing, the worst thing about his life is also the best thing about his life. It's the very boredom and reliability and keyboard warrior, keyboard junkie kind of, uh, just going, uh, every single day and doing the same thing. Uh, I should say keyboard jockey, I think is what I'm looking for. Yeah. That, that level of repetitiveness is what Elliot has pushed back again against from the beginning of this series. And those are the people that he wanted to free from the yoke of, uh, the invisible hand that's driving us all the debt. The reasons we get into these positions, the reasons we make these decisions, uh, and hearing Elliot, the character, articulate that that makes him happy, that being in that endless loop, uh, that perfect little cycle makes him happy, and that that is the best thing about his life, even though it's also the worst thing about his life. And of course, that is a way that he connects with the schlubby Tyrell, uh, the haunted <laughs> Tyrell. Um, oh, it's so great to have Tyrell. But I mean, yes, we haven't even really like expressed great. how great it was to see both Tyrell and Angela, uh, even yes. though Angela is just in a Skype screen, which was a little uh, uncanny valley for me. Um, but there's but that's, you know, there's an uncanny valley quality about the whole thing. Definitely. And Lloyd is here, not dead, uh, <laughs> yeah. that we knew of. It's not Ali, not dead, that we yeah. knew of. So it isn't just dead characters who are brought back to life. Right, right. Uh, it is some form of uh, a world where these people are present. And it, we, like we said, notable by their exclusion are people like Krista, like Darlene, like Gideon, like Shayla, like Vera, um, all these people, some of whom who have died, some of whom have played significant roles in Elliot's life. Where are these people in the story? Will we see them in some way, shape, or form next episode? I think it's entirely possible. Uh, I'm wondering if Elliot, uh, like Elliot's getting married, right? Who's his best man? Is it his dad? I would I would expect so. What I if mean, it's Vera, Josh? Or Leon. <laughs> That's yeah, how we see Leon, Leon again. Leon or Vera, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Uh, these possibilities are way better than... What if it's us? What if we're his best man? Yeah, what if it's just a like a TV viewership member? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Uh, what if it's you and me? What if it's yeah. a secret cameo that we recorded and uh, no one knew? Yeah. Um, that would be amazing, but uh, not uh, at all what happened. So uh, you're, you're violating our NDA right now as oh. you're saying this. Yeah. <laughs> a no dumbass agreement that we yeah. signed. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, but I, I, this is all by means of me saying I think there's a way that you can tie up the central man versus self conflict, uh, of the, that has been a, at the heart of the show without Who's us the ultimately other one? realizing we still get it. there. Yes. Yeah. And I think we can do that in the context of this alternate world. And we can still probably answer how the alternate world was experienced, whether it was coma, whether right. it was something that White Rose, uh, just gassed Elliot into and tricked Elliot into, or whether there was really some element of uh, I'm about to die uh, and it was a nuclear meltdown. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In, in that, in that vein, um, I want to talk about the, when parting is such sweet sorrow, when Elliot and Darlene leave each other and Darlene says to Mr. Robot, like, you know, once you stop being a dick, I really started to like you. Um, then Mr. Robot and Elliot have this little tete-a-tete and Elliot says, Mr. Robot, I want to do this on my own. Mr. Robot is really trying very hard to persuade Elliot not to go do this. Why do you think that is? Do you think Mr. Robot is being on the level that he's basically saying, you're going to be tilting at windmills your whole life. If you're always looking for these night errant quests, you're always going to be finding these things that you're, you're in, that are, you're incapable of solving. Um, you're always going to be looking for the next fight. Uh, and you need to put down your, you know, your, your arms and stop doing this. Or is he trying to prevent Elliot from finding out the ultimate truth about Elliot, which is where we think this path is headed? No, I think that what what he what he said to Magda and little Elliot inside of inside of Elliot's brain hallway and office space 
suggested to me that he wants to get to the bottom of it eventually, no? Like, because he didn't realize, like, the scope of what was going on. And now that he does, it's like, well, Darlene can ferret that out of him. Um, and so I think for, for Mr. Robot, to me, in, in, in that episode at the start of 409, um, suggested that he's he's ready to to do this to like actually pull Elliot out of everything and like actually get him on a healthier path. Uh, and this this path that he's on right now, charging towards Washington Township, is still just like regressing deeper into the past and running away from becoming fully formed. Um, but then again, like every single time I have started to trust Mister Robot, I have right. uh, come to regret it. Yeah, and I mean in the past, what we've seen from Mister Robot, including the season. Uh, in the episode, the five-act episode with Vera and Krista, is Mr. Robot saying, like, by means of being Elliot's protector, I'm, I don't want Elliot to go, to, to go deep. I don't want Elliot to expose these secrets. I don't want Elliot to learn these things. And you're right. There has been a subsequent scene where Mr. Robot says, I have to let him finish his mission. After we finish his mission, like, then we can do this thing. Uh, and the mission is finished. Uh, but now the mission has taken on a new element. And Mr. Robot says, like, when did our mission become about White Rose's machine? Like, when did that become a thing? We were always trying to deal with the 1% of the 1%. Now you want to take on a different thing. And you're always going to find these things to take on. You're always going to find these fights that you want to have. So is this a thing where Mr. Robot is really trying to bring about the end game uh, and Elliot doesn't want to do that? Or is he trying to prevent him from actual growth? And that, I think, is still the central question of where whether what Mr. Robot does in Elliot's life. Because if he thinks it's protecting Elliot to not let Elliot discover all these things, because it's Elliot who says to Mr. Robot in that conversation, like that, this is where that's where it all started. Um, this is where it all started. The implication being like there, I wouldn't be doing the 1% of the 1% thing. I wouldn't be doing everything that I'd done on this mission to this point if Washington Township hadn't happened, if the leak hadn't happened, if right. White Rose's machine wasn't a thing, I would never be on this path. And so it, it makes me wonder if, if Edward Alderson is, again, trying to protect Elliot from learning something greater that we will find out in this final episode. Oh, my God. So, so many questions still up in the air. Good thing we've got a full other podcast to talk about them all. Uh, anything else that you want to get to in this immediate reaction podcast before we turn the mic over to, to the, the wonderful listeners of Post Show Recaps uh, one more time before we get into the series finale, which is a crazy thing to say. <laughs> I'm glad you said it that way. Uh, I would be remiss. It was if a I crazy didn't... way to say the crazy thing. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Back to the Future entrance to Washington. Yes, of Township. course. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but th there is that. But then there is also this part of me that is thinking that it's kind of amazing that Sam Esmail has been convincing us that he was going to go full Back to the Future for the ending of Mr. Robot the entire time. But what he actually is doing is just uh, rebooting the the final stretch of Felicity. Uh, in which uh, Felicity goes back in time and lives a parallel life uh, in which she uh, starts to have a relationship with Noel instead of Ben. Oh, God, who didn't want that? It's basically just that. Uh, no, there's a lot of Back to the Future stuff in this episode. Yeah, the right down to a nice place to live, a bum on a bench. As he's walking into the uh, the town square, if you will, there's a clock tower slightly visible in the distance. 
we have the Beach Boys playing, not quite, uh, you know, Mr. Sandman, but uh, certainly not that far removed from that tradition. Uh, and we, we end up ultimately with a very surreal uh, nuclear billboard, the nuclear family, uh, I think reminiscent of some of the advertising from the 50s in Hill Valley. Uh, advertising a nice place to live and uh, the the estates, lion estates and everything that happens there. So I, I think there are these definitely clear connections uh, to coming back to your hometown in that way. And I think that was really fun to watch uh, in, in the, the surreal nature of that when the cars are speeding away from the nuclear plant and the gate is unguarded and Elliot is seeing destruction and Christmas trees turned over. Like some shit has gone down here. Big time. <laughs> and I, the, the feds are on the, the cops and feds are on to it because as Elliot is in that room, after he has included in, in injected the malware into the system, ultimately what we hear in the distance are police sirens. And it sounds like a lot, like there's a chopper, uh, there's loudspeakers, like this plant is about to be taken over. And then Elliot is taken by the burger guy to somewhere else. You're not supposed to be here in the wrong place. Uh, and that's how he ends up with White Rose. I don't know then what's happening at the plant. Uh, are all these people who were there, are they, are they invading? So many people were killed, Josh, in this episode. I think this, this has to be the highest body count, uh, besides like actual terrorist attacks, uh, like a highest, like when we see the bodies body count episode of Mr. Robot uh, ever, right? Uh, yeah, probably in terms of like sheer number of like dead people that, that we you see. see. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and I, uh, I'm, I'm glad because I had said in the last podcast, that I don't You're need glad to see for how, all those dead bodies. Well, I, I, I did say I didn't, I don't need to see how white Rose gets out of this situation. It's enough for me to know that she's in the dress and she's ready for business. Um, and, 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 and I think that the show gave us like the best version of, of both possibilities where you don't see how all of that carnage actually happens. It's just enough to know that white Rose was capable. Yeah of having such loyalty on her side that this uh, this this elite team of soldiers was not going to survive this encounter. And, and so that, when she, when she comes out and you just see all of the people that are strewn about, uh, just tells you everything that you needed to know. So I'm I'm, I'm happy the, with the way they de- they depicted White Rose's escape. Me too. It's an act of war on the United States to kill that many feds. Obviously, I do wish that scene. And she doesn't still, care. She's there is no yeah, Minister Zhang. Only yeah. Zul said said f- strictly for our benefit, <laughs> strictly for the audience's benefit. Since the man that she says it to is murdered instantly, uh, this is not a go tell your friends kind of thing. Um, this is a, I, I'm just going to tell the audience this. Sorry right. for your death. I do wish this scene had been at the beginning of last episode. I know that we talked about that. Um, I just. I wish we had set that piece on the board then so we could wonder what was coming next and so that that episode would have had that juice in it. I really do like that. I think it completely changes the tenor of that episode, though. Yes. Well, I don't think it completely changes it, but I think it changes it enough that the tenor of the episode, which was so much debated uh, and in some places derided last episode, has a little bit more of a connection to the other parts of the story in a way that maybe people would have felt a little better about the episode as a whole if that's how we started it. I I mean, I'm, I'm just saying I think that maybe that there's a possibility that scene could have been shifted, although I... I'm on record as seriously loving what I called the microaggression of the title card of last episode with right. uh, Dom sitting in that wheelchair and the door just 
opening <laughs> yeah. and closing behind her and her inability to do anything about it uh, because she just had to sit there and deal with it. Uh, yeah. So I one, I do- one of our few disagreements, I think, Antonio, because it just it, the more that I think about it, too, the more it reminds me of the Wheelers from Return to Oz, which are among the most triggering nightmare creatures from my youth. Uh, just like the squeaky, <laughs> squeaky wheels and the horrible laughter. Dorothy. Uh, it's just like, I don't need any of that. Return to Oz anymore. now on Disney Plus, by the way. I, I know. I know. Guess out. what? I'm still not watching. Yeah. Return uh, to Oz. Great movie, though. Oh, my the, God. Uh, yeah. I, so I, I think that scene could have been shifted. And I think it would have changed the tenor of the episode. Not completely because it ended the way it ended. And that's such a... Uh, clear choice that I don't think that the tenor of the whole episode would have changed. I just think it would have made the episode feel a little more connected to uh, the larger events that we had just been dealing with, uh, considering that the previous episode had ended with the knock on the door and with the warrant being served. Uh, I think there's a world where we begin uh, with that scene right after it and it and it works. Uh, it certainly works the way that it happens here, and I have no problem with it being here. I just think it also would have worked there. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Is there anything else that you wanted to hit uh, from this before we before we pass ourselves into I would, our I would, world? I would, I would hit myself more if not for the fact that we've got another shot at this episode. We're going to talk about it again in a couple of days. We'll have a Tuesday night recording session, Antonio, you and me, uh, hopefully with the assistance of a lot of people writing in. If not, uh, you and I are, are insane enough people that I'm sure that there's like a thousand things we have not talked about here oh, yet yeah. that we're going to talk about. And one of the things that I definitely want to do is I want I want to I want to like scout out and and post up um, some of the things that we feel like we really need to get in the finale in order to feel satisfied because I think it would be nice to have that as a as a document for how wrong we are once we get what we do get in the finale and we get none of the things that we said we wanted and yet we're still satisfied anyway uh, so <laughs> I, I, I want to do that I think that that's going to be a fun exercise but literally anything that you guys want us to talk about here on Mr. Robot on this podcast uh, this is uh, we're, we're, we're getting very close to the end of the line for the show but certainly for the podcast as well we're going to have this this feedback show this 411 feedback show that will also serve as a series finale preview we'll have our series finale podcast then we'll have one final wrap-up that's going to be feedback and look back at the show then i'm out of the country so that's going to be it for the mr robot podcast at least for the foreseeable future if there's an appetite for it when i come back uh you know we can we can reevaluate and see how we're feeling about the show a month or so later um but we're just talking about three more new episodes of the podcast before this is all said and done. Um, so get everything that you want us to talk about into our inboxes. MRRobot at postshowrecaps.com postshowrecaps.com slash feedback. You can tweet at us. I'm at Round Howard. Antonio's at AC Mazzaro at postshowrecaps is our Twitter account. Subscribe if you have not done so already. Uh, postshowrecaps.com slash MRRobot iTunes for our Apple feed, but we are available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, that's it. That's gotta- really all I got. I got a couple of things real quick, just the literary references in this episode. First, uh, from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil Frankweiler, like that is something that, uh, if you remember, it is referenced from the very first season of the show as a book that, uh, had significant meaning to our Elliot and Angela in that story. Uh, so this in the parallel world clearly is something that still had that same meaning. Um, the plot of the book, uh, it's definitely just, uh, a little bit complicated, but it's about uh, a puzzle, uh, if you will, somebody who keeps their files 
in a certain way that only a significant and thorough investigation by people who want to put them together can be done to make sense of it all. Uh, so I don't know about that. Um, the Tolstoy novel that's that's listed here, Josh, I have bad news for you about that. It is all about a plane crash. Oh, yeah. No. I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> Tolstoy was dead. Well, I don't planes. read anymore, so yeah. you could have definitely. Uh, oh, you're not me. up on your Vonnegut? No, no, no. I like, yeah. I love my Vonnegut. Tolstoy, uh, Tolstoy, I think Tolstoy died before they were planes. Uh, I'm really hoping that. Let me just say, I know we talked about you want to put on the board what we do want and don't want out of the finale. Before we even get to that feedback podcast, I do not want a plane crash. Yeah, no, no plane, plane crash, no plane crash, no plane crash. I agree. Unless it's uh, the song Plane Crash by Mo, which would be a very surprising needle drop. Uh, otherwise, I'm good. What if Elliot says to the other Elliot, see you in another life, brother? <laughs> I'm into there it. were some <laughs> strong hatch vibes yeah. at the beginning of this uh, Sideways here. Yeah, absolutely. The record scratch and getting ready in the morning. Esmail loves Lost. Esmail yeah, loves there. Lost. It's, it's there. there. It's there. I don't think that that's a you know a primary touchstone for him, but uh, you know it's it's not impossible that he's going to go in some direction like that. I can't wait to see uh, Elliot and Elliot. You know, we've seen Elliot and Elliot all series long, but it's always been Rami and Christian. Uh, but double Rami is going to be a blast. <laughs> so ridiculous so, there is surely no yeah. world right where because the the timelines and the time of this sideways universe are so screwed up with the 1116s everywhere and the 730 in the morning earthquake that happens at 1115 or whatever there's no world where this is the actual world and that everything else we've experienced there's no snow globe world right where i'll be mad i'll be mad, yeah, I'll be mad. Okay. I'll be i don't mad. think that will happen as well i mean i just the fact that he's having these headaches and that all these things are happening uh, I think this is the the fake world, that our world is the real world, uh, but the fake world that we're seeing is going to have some relevance or significance to Elliot finally uh, reaching some kind of ending uh, with the other one in, in the real world. I think that's where we're headed with this. I think that's where we're headed to. We'll talk about it more. We'll hear from you guys in the feedback show. Uh, anything else, Antonio? No, no. I'm, I'm planting my flag that... Whatever happened with the nuclear meltdown was fake. Like, I just don't believe it was real. Okay. If that's what White Rose showed Angela, then it didn't happen to Angela. And I just think it's staged in some way so that Elliot can experience this, so that Elliot will give her his belief. Uh, and that's what it's all about. It's not about killing yourself because you made the wrong choices in a game. All right. The she next wanted him to win. The next podcast you'll hear from Antonio and I here on the Mr. Robot podcast, the anti-penultimate episode of the Mr. Robot podcast uh, is coming your way just a few days. Uh, if you're a Watchmen fan, Antonio and I have coverage of the Watchmen finale up over at the aforementioned series regular podcast at the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, a killer ride over there as well. Lots to discuss. Lots of lots of lots of great debate uh, and crazy things that have happened on that show as well. Uh, and if you are if you are a fan of the HBO's Watchmen, you should listen to what Antonio and I have had to say about that. Go to series regular. Uh, THR.com slash Watchmen uh, to find all of that stuff. Anything else, Antonio? No, that'll do it for me. All right. We'll be back in a couple days with our next Miss Robot podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.